You're listening to the MLS Fantasy Insider, bringing you weekly tips, tricks, and advice for the official MLS Fantasy game. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our review of round 5 and preview of round 6. This episode is brought to you by Beer Skittles? Because MLS, that's why. Uh, no, no, uh, actually brought to you by the amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. It's because of you that we're able to keep this project going and we're so happy to have all of you along the way with us. Learn more about our Patreon project over at patreon.com slash MLSFI. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I'm joined by my partners in fantasy, Blaine Riffle and Ashley Savage. We'd also like to welcome our special guest, one of our top Patreon supporters for the past few years, and Discord member, Ari Hillman. What's up, everyone? Hey. Uh, yeah, so that that brought to you by this week, uh, sort of a shot towards your way, Ari. I'm pretty sure one of the Fox broadcasters had Skittles in beer at the Minnesota game. Was that just a random dude, or is that a thing? You know, I didn't hear that, but I, I was at the game. Not somehow fancy. So I did not know that. But if so, I would not be surprised. Minnesotans are weird. We're all unique. I mean, you not I knowing like about both. it makes me feel like it's just a rando just kind of coming out there like, this is my thing. I ran out of Skittles, don't have enough hands. Here he goes in, into the cup. Uh, that sounds but, perfect. A little beer I mean, Skittles. Yeah, I don't, sure I don't know. Some of those micro brewers could probably blame. Maybe this is getting into more your area for for skittle beer i don't know that's that's uh i i nice don't like ipa a little extra fruity fruity taste in that <laughs> i think i, I had a sour beer. once that was like that there you skittle go yeah beer, but i don't remember what kind yeah i just you don't fruit the beer that's me nah, well you can go but, ahead Do yeah. that but slice or something christian sent us something that skittles beer there's a company that makes one like a cream ale with skittles in them I mean, it's what, whatever works. It. I, I felt like this was a great brought to you by because this round was just such a classic because That's MLS nice. round. Like, why oh, not? Yes. Beer, beer and your skills. For those of you who are new with us, with the podcast this year, one, welcome. Welcome to our community. Uh, but this round was a classic example of because MLS with yes. players called up, with players injured, with random rotations going on. Players you didn't know or maybe you knew of in the fringe are starting, scoring double digits, players coming back and just pulling up just goose eggs. And it was it was your classic because MLS moment with the way that our schedule works. And so why not have Skittles with your beer during a little call up random week like this? It just seemed so fitting. But hey, this is part of our game. This is part of why depth matters. This is part of why knowing some of the alternate options matter. And even at times when you feel like you do know that, you get a game like Philadelphia where it's like, wait a minute, I thought you were bragged about about being one of the best depth things. But we'll get into that in just a, a second uh, because we're going to go over our expectations versus reality for some fantasy takeaways. Uh, for me, I know I've seen you guys who are in chat with us go ahead and start sharing your scores. Uh, but I know some people shared their scores with me on Twitter this afternoon. And I'm just going to give a shout out to, to Gene, longtime player, solid player, great, great loyal fan, joins us all the time. 
he and I right in that same neck of the woods. I'm just looking at a 66 points this week. Just horrible. I may have won one of my head-to-heads for someone else who equally had a horrible round. Just no one really hit for me. My captain had a dud on me, which was bittersweet because I captained Mukhtar, thinking that they would do something against Cincinnati, and they did not, and Cincy won. So I was pretty much set up to win-win with that game from a fandom point of view, but not from a fantasy point of view. So um, Bench didn't do fantastic for me, and I fell victim to some, as also Gene again, some last-minute tinkering that did not need to happen i.e. swapping my uh, San Jose keeper I had for for LAFC and adding in um, Wagner as well into my team. Just some FOMO came and hit me hit me there. Uh, at least Jerusi got got eight, which was something for me. But uh, uh, yeah, no, this was this was not a round that I am going to be eager to remember. And I think a lot of people are in that boat with me. I know uh, Ari was mentioning some of that before the show started, but. Ashley, you had a bit better of a week than I did. So what? how did you go and what kind of expectation reality do you have for us? I mean, not not much of a better week, to, to be fair. Uh, I mean, point-wise, sure. I had a 73. Um, the reason I was frustrated with it was because I've had Klaus in my team every week um, of the season so far. And he's had a goal or a goal contribution every week. For some, I kept going back and forth between him and Aboba City. Um, I think I got a little chalky a little um group mentality and went above C instead bumped out of two Klaus had I think 13 so that's the only reason I'm a little I'm a little bummed about my score I think generally a, a decent score for the week um I'm up to 120.1 total value for my team though which is great um I haven't it like intentionally been prioritizing value so I'm pretty stoked to be where I'm at when I've been you know, like I said, it's kind of been the second thing I focused on, not the first. Um, expectations versus reality for this past week. Um, it's always awkward to decide who who gets to do it. I guess we just decide whoever wins between the three of us. That's who gets to do the expectation versus yes. reality. You yes. did, you did it. The I did. Week. That's exactly um, how I decided it. So SKC versus Seattle. Honestly, my expectation was like a very messy, lots of yellows, one-one draw. Uh, that's just where I thought that game would go. Um, Seattle had six international call-ups. SKC was in a home environment with basically no one called up. Um, the reality was the red card really affected the game. Jordan Morris as a nine was amazing. Leo Chu decided to actually become a soccer player. Uh, four goals from one guy, four assists from one guy. That's a fantasy player's dream. Um, both were incredibly underowned, <laughs> So I'm not sure who really got to benefit from that. Um, but just uh, from a fantasy takeaway, you know, very, very surprising, um, to me to, to see that result. Um, and then the, the other game that, that we watched from end to end in my house was the LAFC FC Dallas game. Um, and even with the call-ups, I expected a, a pretty easy win, uh, for LAFC. I thought Bella, maybe Opoku would get on the score sheet. Um, but FC Dallas put up one hell of a fight that, you know, they had a defender score, which is big for fantasy implications. Safari, um, Bella missed a PK, which I know all the never Bella people will come out and be like, he only got eight. He missed a PK. Blah. Um, and then I think my favorite fantasy and MLS takeaway from that game was Bwonga played 90 minutes with the Gabon, got on a red eye, took a flight, landed earlier that day, came to the game, 
came in off the bench, scored the game-winning goal. Like, that dude just lives and breathes to score goals, and it's so fun. You guys know how big of a, a Chicho Arango fan I was. Um, I feel like them signing Bawanga kind of sealed the deal to push Chicho out. Um, I miss him in fantasy, but, man, so great to see that from Bawanga. Um, yeah, like like you said, Reed, I definitely was upset to not see LFC keep that clean sheet. Um, I think that was a lot of people's late, you know, keeper or tinker to, right? Because it was the, the latest game. Um, but still content with my 73 and, and very interesting non-expected results in the LFC and then the Seattle SKC game. Quick call back to the Seattle game. The You know, of course, that four goals is not going to be the norm for anybody. So so good to see that solid yeah. performance from Morse. But but what about Chewy? Not consistent. Most minutes he's had. Sure. Just a quick takeaway for, for players who are, as we've talked about, yeah. there's sort of a roulette going then in Seattle. Absolutely. So Leo Chu was a huge signing as far as hype for the Sounders last season. Um, I think some some of us probably picked him up as maybe a bench play for a couple of games when he first started going. Um, but he just very much did not fit in with the coaching staff. Like they were very open about how he wasn't playing in the system the way they wanted and he wouldn't track back on defense. So he just never started. Um, he also never looked like he was really going to produce very much. He looked like kind of a make and bust winger, right? Like you'd want to sign a flashy cross the ball in, lots of assists, dribble, cut in winger. He didn't seem like that, but this season he's coming off the bench um, they've talked a lot about how different his mentality is this season. Um, and I think when you get some of these players injured, international stuff, I think I think he'll get a lot more starts. Um, the problem is Brian Spencer will live and die by that formation. And so he's going to either have to take the place of Jordan Morris or Christian Roldan, who are both two players that aren't going to – that maybe they'll leave, you know, for international duty, but they're – you know, you're not going to beat them out. So – um, I'm going to touch on him a little bit when we talk on midfielders um, for this next week, mostly from a, from a price rise point of view. Um, but I, I think you could see him work his way into the starting lineup at some point. Um, but four goals for Jordan Morris is crazy, but not as crazy as Leo Chu getting four assists. Like I, I don't expect that production from him. I think he could be a fantasy player at some point to pay attention to, um, but not in a, in a midfield you know, I mean, I guess maybe Jordan Morris is a striker in the game. So um, could, could possibly come into play a little later in the season, but um, he's still not living up to like the hype, you know, when they signed him. Sure. So we'll see. All right. Ari, best score of the group. Uh, how'd you do? And what were some of the takeaways you had? Um, so I got an 80, which uh, I'm happy about. Oh, what's weird is week rank was 1,054, which normally you'd be like, ooh, that was a rough round. But, like, oddly enough, it seems this was one of those weeks where even finishing 1,054 is okay. I'm just judging by a lot of scores from a lot of the returning people that play this game. Um, My big thing, I did keep uh, Mr. Klaus in as the starting striker. Um, and he did put up, what was that, a 17. Yeah. So he really uh, did well, which is good. Hopefully he simmers off next week. But, again, really good this week. I captain Espinosa, which was another uh, good hit for me. And then I had Gallagher on defense, which I know he was talked about a bunch uh, this past week. And uh, he put up a nine, which uh, he got a goal. So credit to, again, this podcast for 
helping people out, making names available, and then you kind of look them up, go for them, and they can turn into good points. Um, this week, I did state it would be crazy, and it was, and I love it. I'm all for chaos and panic. Um, again, a lot of people, we talk about chalk picks. Um, but when you get those weeks where there's really only one or two guys on your team that you're like, most of the league has these players on their team, just makes for fun, makes for chaos. Um, if you're in that Discord group, it does add to that, which I do enjoy. Um, and then I was going to say the Columbus-Atlanta game. Mm. As a Minnesota fan, obviously, I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed seeing that. I'm going to nickname Almada this season the conductor because I know Atlanta's big with their uh, trains or whatever it was. And uh, as you <laughs> saw, they, they really uh, derailed this week when he was not there. Oh, too soon. Um, and so, obviously, I expected it to be closer. I knew both teams were missing some big-name players. But 6-1, uh, to one, that felt a little – a little bit better after again losing six to one to them, our first game ever in MLS. So it was good to see them kind of take a whooping. And then, uh, yeah, I think that's basically it. My next point I'll save for down the road when we get into picks. Yeah, we'll touch on some of those players for sure. Yes. Uh, Blaine, you've you've got an interesting talking point for us tonight, but let's hear. Uh, how you did. I know you've been bragging about your, your value build all around. So how's that playing out for you and your takeaways? Pushing 118 on my value. So I'm not upset by that at all. Um, it has actually allowed me to do a lot this week. When you get to my picks, I'll have some stuff. I've got some expensive plays that I'm able to make this week and I like being able to do it, but I only got a 70 for the round. Um, not too thrilled, but I was out last week. I've had some life stuff come up and I actually took a did not play on my bench and in my starting lineup. So I only got 10 scores on the round. It So that hurt, but I put a, I pulled a 70 with those 10, with those 10 guys. So I'm not upset by the results, seeing everybody in chat score, seeing kind of where the average is. I think I went up in the overall rankings a little bit with that, but I mean, the extra five or seven points I would have gotten from another midfielder would have been huge. But everybody early hit for me. It was nice. Um, one of my big plays, and this is going to be one of my big takeaways for this, was I went with Brugman for L.A. And he pulled a 7 as I think he was like an 8.1, uh, 8.0 flat for the week. So I went with one of those cheaper defensive midfielders, got a decent return and a price rise on him. But I just went for solid points because I was struggling to pick midfielders last week. I had no idea where to go. I didn't see big points from any of them. I went with cheap, a little bit cheaper options that I thought were going to get price rises and just kind of spread it out and shotgun approach it a little bit because the best players like Lucho Acosta, I wanted him, but then you see what game he's in going on the road to Nashville. There's no points there. So I've been looking at defensive midfielders and Jose Martinez has popped in my radar a couple of times. I almost went with him for the week, but I decided Brugman was better. Nuovido for Cincinnati is one that other weeks would have is really good. When you've got that 8 million guy who's putting up bonus points, getting in the attack, you're getting some extra value there that when you don't know where your points are coming from, from your attacking players, maybe go with a little bit safer option, a little bit cheaper, get more bang for your buck. Price per million or points per million spent is always a huge metric for me. 
and it's a big deciding factor. And I think the money this week was better served going with somebody like that. So I'm actually finding value in some of those more attacking-minded defensive midfielders right now. And I'm looking at him again this week a little bit because I just don't know where else to go at times. On that, for the games, I expected a little more from Philly. Um, I know there was some rotation, but Torres over there should have done better. I liked him as a 10 preseason coming in to back up Gazdag. Just didn't get it done. Maybe that's there. It's just they're not Philly's defense just doesn't look great right now. They're they're just too leaky for my liking. Uh, but on the other side of that, Ojeda is living up to that Facundo Torres role. I know they're playing on opposite sides. We we talked about him in preseason. He's coming on strong. Had a really good game in this one with another goal. He's a guy at 6.5 right now. We have to watch out for him. If they've got favorable matchups, he's kind of the big one. And he's finally living up to the expectations I had for him preseason. And then the Austin-Colorado game. Um, I expected very little here. And that's really what we got. Nobody, none of the big names really hit. But Austin couldn't even keep the clean sheet. And this is a defense I know we've targeted. I think this was one of the better clean sheet defenses for the weekend when we were looking at it going in. Thankfully, I had Bingham on the bench, so I got the sub out, Stuver, and Gallagher scored the goal, so I didn't lose out much there. But Austin's just a team in shambles right now. Can't rely on them to get you steady points. And if the defense isn't going to keep it together, they're a team I'm probably going to be avoiding from now on. So the one comment I want to make before we move on, two comments I want to make before we move on. One, I'd be remiss if I did not call out now, which I should have at the beginning, uh, the big thank you to Ashley for running the show last week when when Blaine was out and I was dealing with uh, stomach bug baby Rue. So a big yeah. fantasy round of applause for, for Ashley uh, and Jason, yeah. who was on here, had some yes. great, great feedback uh, from everyone. I was going to say, you guys know I love show. hearing myself talk, so it was really just... No, it was good. And especially during such uh, a precursor to a a strange week with all the call-ups and absences and crazy things that impacted even our initial review. Well, that's a shout-out to Tyler, because if Tyler hadn't put in that work, we would have just been talking about picking up Gasteg and Zella Ryan and all these people that weren't actually here. So kudos to to him and everybody that helps him. I'll say it for the thousandth time. I feel like I said it like 15 times last week, and it wasn't enough. But yeah. Yeah, big, big thanks to the community. The other thing I want to say is I'm going to push back some against the, the D-mid comic that Blaine made. At the beginning of this season, some of them have been okay with some value gains, but otherwise they have not been returning the results that I think that, that we would expect in general, especially for some of the players at such high values. You've gotten some, maybe some of your, your safe points, but even this last round, it was attacking players who were getting the results. It was attacking players in the sub 7 million ranges who were getting the the results. And that's the points per million that you're looking at. I think it's very true that some of our big name traditional players have not been producing, but it's still the attacking players who are getting those points. And week to week, without it being strange circumstances or just a, a lucky little little result, it is not defensive players who are doing any better than normal, who are doing any better that's making them stand out. They've had a few games, especially at the beginning of the season, as people are knocking some rust off, finding into form. But I do not believe that defensive midfielders are going to be the way to go. Nwobodo being one was in the dream team at the beginning of the, of the year, 
And then the last three games, a four, a six, and a four. I mean, that is yeah. not what you want to get from a guy that you're paying eight million for on your team. So I, I'm gonna I agree with you in that if I if I can, and also kind of add that I think as this as the rounds go on, these type of players start to decrease in point production. I think the first couple rounds of a season, um, you know, before other teams can adjust and figure out what these demons are doing. Um, there's more, there's more, more point production. Um, and as they fall back into a, a defensive mid role, like we've, we've made jokes about this. So I feel like a defensive mid in fantasy is like a running long-term joke that we make. No, like <laughs> as just sure. You're going to get like a four out of them. Um, but there's never not a lot of goal contributions or anything like that. So um, I, I, I agree with what Blaine's saying with some of the specific names he's mentioning, but I think there are some much better spots for midfielders as everybody starts to price rise and can afford more of the people that, that you want to afford. The nice part though, is with the takeaway that Blaine was saying overall, it, it makes it more almost like it adds towards that differential where it's, it's yeah. If you look at a guy like Hani Mukhtar, Espinoza, and then you look at Nwobado, nine times out of 10, you're going to take, Espinoza or Mukhtar but there are those matchups and it's part of the reason why I like fantasy so much is kind of picking that one-off scenario guy and being like based on what I've seen on you know team x and this player that like even though normally you would not do this you would not pick that defensive mid this week knowing these two systems and these two teams I could see a very good uh, point production and it may bite you in the ass you never know but overall, I kind of like that live risky a little bit. Take some of those risks. It just makes it a little more exciting during the game. Yeah, and I'm making a point here for early season. Like, I'm not saying these guys are better than any of the big names. Don't hear that. I was saying I was struggling to find mids that I trusted against their opponents. Like, I mentioned Lucho Acosta. He was on my radar, but then he had to travel to Nashville for a game. That's a tough game. I I'm looking at guys that are getting good bonus points in a system. Like I, I like Brugman last week because Portland does get forward in the attack. There's a lot of chance for him to go pick up some bonus points, which he did. And they had a he's good clean defensive mid. Yeah. He's playing in he's defensive mid. They were playing I... like a four, one, four, one. And he was that first one. Well, we don't want to go fall, fall Sorry. too far down that, but, know, that, that rabbit it, hole. It's, it's solid. What I was getting at is there have a little bit more predictable points when you know how they play and when they're getting into a team that's going to attack into them. Those predictable points and less variance are sometimes more valuable at that price point than gambling on, say, a Leo Chu who got who went off or Crylock was another guy I heard a ton last week. St. Louis is one of those teams that's really hot right now don't know how good defensively they are or if they've just not played anybody who can score very consistently. Like it's kind of back and forth on that, but Krylock got a two for about the same money. And so I was looking, I thought about switching him to Krylock, but I was like, I'm going to take the more sure points and just build my floor up for one week. And early in the season, when you're fighting budget a little bit, that floor is huge and less variance is what I'm looking at right now with some of these guys. 
The final word that I'm going to give with it is it's also an opportunity for you to consider those players as a differential option, because I think there are times, especially with rotation, where you could look for some some points like that, like Blaine saying, maybe maybe get four to six, maybe eight if you're lucky with somebody or those could be a that could be a spot where you could find a player who's a who's a depth player coming in. And some of those we'll touch on uh, coming up in our in our pick section uh, as a, an ideal Aru option for you moving forward. Uh, but I think we're kind of split, maybe maybe uh, two to, to one and a half, some of there. But uh, interested in knowing what everyone else who is listening to the show thinks. Hit us up on Twitter. Do you think that defensive midfielders have a, a very uh, viable place at the beginning of the season, especially? Or how far going forward do you think we should have that? Or is this just a continuation of the ever ongoing conversation of what value are defensive mids to MLS fantasy? Uh, we will talk more about that, I'm sure, in shows to come. But up next, we're going to be talking about what you can expect uh, with the housekeeping for round six. All right, welcome back for segment two, our housekeeping section for this uh, for this round. First, I need to point out uh, the Fantasy Champions League. This is round six, which means it is the final round of the first quarter qualifying season chunk segment quarter, whatever we want to call it. It has an official name. I don't remember, but this is our first quarter qualifier and that ends with round six. The qualifier round two is going to be from round seven through 12 uh, qualifier to round seven through 12. And of course the quick recap that the top 50 scoring players during these qualifiers are going to be entered into the fantasy champions league for the final rounds of this season to play for even more. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic prizes, prizes, prizes. Uh, so yeah, this is if this is where you are been saving your budget, building it up to start actually playing the game in round two. Uh, just just go ahead and say that if, if you're if you're not doing as great, say you've been building your budget. Uh, round seven through twelve is the uh, second qualifier, so be ready for that after after this. Uh, quick league updates: Champions League, Half Century City, with a record of four one and zero, is leading our uh, Pro Rail Champions League. Um, that's no no more ties and uh, no no perfect win records right there. So four one and zero is leading in the Fantasy Champions League. Uh, moving on to the Veterans League, uh, Master Kathy Bates leads with a record of five zero and zero. Down to homegrown Spirit Flyers uh, are. The long five, the lone five O and O team right there. And then over in our discovery league, our fourth tier is where we have to go before we still see some teams tied. Uh, we have eight teams who are tied with a record of four O and one, uh, but it is a what a hunt by points in that league. Moving over to our Discord community, eight teams are tied with a record of five O and O, one of the few perfect teams rounds that we still have. Uh, but it is a uh, sporting Pork Roll CF by points and in that league with our fantastic Patreon supporters. Uh, four teams are tied with a record of 4-0-0 with Sloppy Stakes by points in that league. And again, with Sloppy Stakes being the sole 5-0-0 record holder in the MLS Fantasy Insider Experts Invitational right there. So very, very tight competition. Yes, round of applause uh, for, for that performance. Uh, for actual round six, everything starts Saturday, April 1st at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, please take note of this next part. For the past five rounds, there's always been an early team. 
be them playing at four, be them playing at, at seven, the people coming later. For this round, round round six, that's not the case. A whole bunch of teams are starting at 7.30. So this is not a round where you get one early team. We've got a whole bunch of teams at 7.30, a whole bunch of teams at 8.30, and to be in the game with, with uh, Colorado LAFC at 9.30, and then San Jose versus Houston and Vancouver versus Montreal at 10.30. So it's going to likely be these... 10 9 30 10 30 games if you're looking for your ruse to set things up to make that the easiest for you to do that but uh, a whole bunch of games start out at 7 30 so be ready for that with your lineups this round nobody's on a double again but it is austin who is on the bye week and you definitely have a single game or you definitely have bye week uh, player scrubs for your team that they're at, at all the positions so you can stretch your money if you still need that uh, we do have uh, some international games that are still wrapping up however we are expecting the majority of players to be back from those games uh, but i'll let blaine get into any of the suspension injury and other absence that we could have but uh, we should be seeing basically back to to normal rosters right blaine yeah should be really close to normal um, only a few things from that Tyler sent over. Uh, Tuolasi for Dallas got a red card, and then Ben Sweat for Kansas City was the one who got that red card that allowed Morris to go off the rest of the way for that. A um, few injuries to be concerned about. Um, Andrew Gutman for Atlanta was a pretty good attacking wingback for us. Uh, unknown length, not really sure what's going on, but her, he's going to be out for a little bit. Um, really interesting one. It's not a defense I've trusted much, but David Bingham uh, left the game early. They were out of subs or out of sub windows, could not take yeah. him off. So he just came out of the game with a left knee, left leg injury. Uh, hearing it's probably <clears throat> going to be bad uh, long-term. Uh, one to watch for, uh, Bossy for Houston. Cheap option, cheap forwards, been taking PKs for them. Uh, subbed out early with an injury. Not sure exactly what's going on there, but keep an eye on that one. He's somebody that I was seeing pop up in more and more fantasy teams. Uh, Marco Farfan for Dallas also picked up a little bit of an injury, so watch that whole defense this week. Uh, Pinto for Cincy, and then John Mata for Miami subbed out late. So not sure exactly what's going on there, but he's been one of their more creative players this year. So keep an eye on that. And then two pieces of good news. Uh, Carlos Heal returned as a sub and had an assist in that first game back. And then Christian Ramirez got the start for Columbus. And they dismantled Atlanta, and he was a part of that. So uh, if Ramirez is going to be the starting striker there, that's something to definitely take note of, especially with, when Zella gets back. Um, just kind of watch that whole Columbus thing. But if Ramirez is in, he's somebody that's got to be on the radar at this point for both um, price and just form in general. We do and have to say that it's Cucho's got a knee injury, which is why he's out right now. Okay. That was not in here. That was probably in last week's list. It did, may or may not have gotten right off. And then Christian in chat is saying, Gald subbed early versus Minnesota with, a hamstring, with hamstring tightness. So there we go. Good updates. Uh, good to hear about players coming back, but we are still going to have to decide which players we want, which we are going to do in our next segment right after this quick break.
All right, welcome back. We're talking our player targets for round six of this fantasy season, starting off, as always, with keepers and defenders. Uh, an unusual for for our first, maybe for this season at least, uh, we have several consensus picks in, in this group. We actually have four That's consensus crazy. picks, which is likely more defenders than many people tend to run or right way tend to run. But uh, the consensus picks so far, we have uh, Wagner, Gressel, and and Lennon, I think I put I put him in there twice, but um, uh, oh yeah, I did leave out Wiley. There we go, Wiley <laughs> and Lennon. That's that's a slash right there because like they were all mentioned, or at least Ashley, you sort of saw either or there. So I'll let you expand yeah. on that. But that's that's the general way people are leaning. Uh, they are so. What more can you tell us, Ashley? Yeah, I uh, keepers are are a tricky one. This week, I'll I'll say as the one starting out because so like you said, so many games kick off at seven thirty. You guys always make me do math as the one West Coaster. <laughs> um, and so if you pick any keeper from the first set of games, the only games where you can see lineups to keeperu is LAFC at Colorado, Houston at San Jose, or Montreal at Vancouver. I'm not a huge fan of any of that. Um, so there's a, there's a pretty decent chance I'm going to go without a keeper this week and the keepers that I'm looking at, um, I mean, maybe the, maybe the Whitecaps keeper, but not a ton of point production out of them. Um, they're at home, which I do like, but it's a Canadian game and I never trust Canada on Canada. <laughs> it's just kind of a rule that I live by. Um, I've, I've been right more than I've been wrong. So uh, if, if there was a keeper, I'd keep her too. It would probably be the Vancouver keeper. But I'm looking at Philly. I, I'm still looking at Andre Blake. They've been a little inconsistent about when he might come back. Uh, I think that having, the, who is it, Bendick is obviously great for Price. Um, I like Berkey. I said Berkey a couple weeks ago, and I don't remember who was on, but they gave me a real one-two about the negative stats of, of St. Louis's defense, but he was so impressive um, in this game against RSL at home this past week. Um, I, I'm not trying to down talk Minnesota by any means, but um, I, I find him a little intriguing this week. And then I also like Ross from Dallas. Um, that's four different keepers I just threw out there because if you can't tell, I'm very undecided. Um, but for defenders, I really like Barriel. Um, he's been really fun to watch. Um, I've enjoyed, I'm uh, hoping Reed feels the same, but I've enjoyed watching him play in that formation for, for Cincy so far this year. Um, his point production has, for the most part, been consistent with how good he's looked. Um, I, going back to Wagner, I feel like, you know, going back to, like, when you started dating, you know, they were, like, hot, and now as the years have gone by, filled out a little bit, got a little older. That's how I feel about Kai Becker this year. I keep going back to him, waiting for last season, season before, season before that, Kai Wagner. Um, and it's just not panning out. I, the benefit is, I don't know that he's ever been this cheap, um, 7.8 at this point of the season. So it's kind of like, eh, why not? He's not 9.5 Julian Gressel, right? Um, so <laughs> I think I think it's decent. And then on that same token, though, I'm definitely also going to have Gressel. Um, I like his goal contributions, the bonus points he's getting. He's technically playing as a midfielder most games for for Whitecaps. It's a late game. If I have a bunch of bench people hit, I can scrub him out. Um, and then I like Lennon slash Wiley, which is what Reed was, was alluding to. I don't see the point in having both. 
um, just from a price perspective where London is. Um, I think there's some other good defensive options this week. Um, unlike Blaine, I don't ever triple up on anybody. Um, it's not it's not the way I like to go. Uh, it's I, putting all my eggs in one basket always makes me nervous. So um, I, I think I'll probably stick Wiley on the bench for the price rise. I know I got a zero last week, but still, um, and just see how they how they fare. You know, at home against a pretty streaky Red Bull team. I Red Bull is a team so far I don't like to bet on or against. But I, I could see them coming into Atlanta with most people healthy. The Gutman injury is a concern for me, but Robinson should be back. Um, most of their playmakers should be back, right? So I, I, I would expect a better production from them. Um, Lennon got a goal last week, though, which I think will also help with his price rise. But he needs, you know, at, the, at this point in how they do it, he needs to produce more than Wiley would need to produce for him to get a price rise, if that makes sense. So, um Probably not both, but definitely. Blaine. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat, but I've got a little bit more sure feeling on my goalkeeper situation. I like Celentano for Cincy. Um, if the Mata injury is real and it keeps him out, that makes it even better. But I like I like Cincy for the front end of a of a keeperoo here. I'm not sold on Miami. I think Cincy's defense is a little bit underrated still. I just think this is a game where they can really get the job done. And so that's worth it for me on the front end. He is a little pricey, but his average is okay. So I'm good with that. And then Takaoka for um, Vancouver on the back end. It was an easy pick. Montreal is not a good scoring team. Yes, they put three on Philly right before they went on a bye. But I'm not sold on Philly at the moment right now the way they're playing it's just i don't know where the leakiness is coming from uh it's a big issue for me so i'm gonna i'm gonna bail on cincy here with sporting getting their guys back it's something that we've we've talked about a little bit but Polito was on the bench and i think everybody expected him to play until the route was on and then why risk his health in a game where he's not going to be a difference maker but russell came back in and looked pretty good was creative if Philly's leaky, I expect Kansas City to get one on them. And so I'm going to bail on Philly for that. Makes my goalkeeper switch picks real easy. And then my defenders, I'm going big. I just, I don't see why not. Uh, Barrial and Gressel, I'm going to go with the attacking guys. I think these are matchups where they can both get forward, do their damage, and uh, sneak away with some nice bonus point potential. They play out of position most of the time. It's easy to include them. And then I'm actually going to double up with Lennon and Wiley on the bench. It's that first game. It gives me a little bit of pivot room. But I like both of these attacking options going into Red Bulls. Wiley playing out of position and the price rise, guaranteed price rise is a great thing to have. Lennon plays really well. I was high on Red Bulls at the beginning of the season. I don't think they're going to be a bad team. But I see them giving up a lot of points towards wingbacks in this one for Lennon to get in, get really involved. Their defense hasn't impressed me. I think their defense is weaker than I thought at the beginning of the season. So I'm willing to take Lennon into this game. And so I'm going with, what, three expensive guys going over $8 million and then Wiley's the cheap price rise option. But He's been too good, and Red Bull isn't good enough. I could see another double-digit game out of him right here as well. So 
overall, I'm spending a ton of money on defense, and I am grateful to have that big budget early in the season. And I think that is absolutely unneeded. Uh, I do want to – I'll get, <laughs> I, I jumped the gun. Ari, you, you need to go. But I do want to make one point right now. As far as Barrial goes, he is not playing out of position. He's playing the position that he should be playing as uh, that that left wing or that left – uh, left wing back right there. So pushing up, coming back, a lot of Cincinnati's attack goes down that left side. So he's not out of position. He's just playing the width of the field as he as he should be. But all right. All right. So um, I'm going to go with Sean Johnson as my kind of uh, keeper this week, I guess. Um, I'm kind of like Ashley where I typed in about four names and deleted all four, then typed four more, deleted all four, and got to the point where it's like there's something that I, you know, you just kind of have that feeling. And unfortunately this week, the only feeling I have is like, who's going to mess up the least. Um, But it just, I'm not super confident, but I like Sean Johnson just because Charlotte, um, they haven't really done anything to wow me, so to speak. Um, But I also do have at the back end, the Vancouver keeper, uh, Takauka or however you say his name, Um, just because, Again, they're at home, and again, Montreal at the same time has not been a wow factor type of team. Now, with that said, you can get a guy like Kyoto who might break your break your heart or break your hopes and dreams. But again, those two are kind of my main. And then uh, again, as Ashton said, I'm looking at Philly because I'm stuck in the past, and I'm used to Philly last year where yeah, you so triple hot. always triple up Philly. Okay. So hot. They're so hot. And and it's just maybe it's the old man in me who's just stubborn, but I'm like, they're gonna get back to that point again. Like they have to. They're Philadelphia, they have to get back to that point. So I'm always keeping now this uh Ben Dick and uh Andre Blake uh kind of on the radar as well. For defenders, I did go Kai Wagner. Just again, he's gonna get back. This is the week. I'm feeling it. Wagner's coming back. Um, I also, like Blaine, I'm going with the double up on Atlanta, which as a Minnesotan, it's hard, but as a fantasy player, I think it's worth it because I could use Wiley's pretty much automatic bonus in terms of uh, team value. And uh, Lennon has in chat that, Scott is pointing out in chat that Wiley was most likely to play as a true left back this week with Gutman out. So I think that we should throw that out there. <laughs> just, Very important. Just in case yes. it would make a difference to me. It sounds like it would make a difference to you too. Yes. So it is very important. And that yeah. is why, again, I love this group because yeah. you start, uh, you know, it's hard to keep up with every single thing. So it's lucky we have a community that can kind of follow their own teams and spread the news to everybody else in a massive Discord. So there's a quick plug or shout out. But uh, no, so I... I do have both currently. And then I'm also looking at uh I guess close that sheet. So I'm gonna pull it up. Here we go. Um uh, I said Gressel. Um at the moment I don't have him in my team, but to be honest, he is the hot hand on defense right now. And he's playing very well, and it is against Montreal, so not too worried because I don't have Mihailovic to stop him anymore. So we'll keep Gressel in there. Yeah, that's mine. Uh, so we've come with a couple of extra keeper suggestions that I saw in chat first that I think are definitely very viable. Uh, Petrovic, I think, is if you're going with a single keeper, 
that uh, that is absolutely uh, something that you could consider this this time. Still kind of expensive, eight point seven, but New England against New York City at home, I think that's a very viable single keeper option. And then Christian shared uh, what I think is a very interesting uh, keeperoo option if you if you want to go with with that. Uh, Sean Johnson to uh, Markinkowski as as an option. So picking up that that Toronto game against Charlotte. So that's Toronto. Not sure what we think about them, but Charlotte we're not a big fan of. So can definitely see why you'd be looking at something like that. And then that gives you plenty of time to catch one of those 10-30 games. And if you wanted to go with San Jose, yeah, I could see how that would be a, a good option. Houston's got some some uh, bite to them, so that that will definitely be an interesting game. For sure, but uh, that's an interesting uh, keeper that I hadn't hadn't seen pop up uh, just yet in our conversation. So some good options there. Going back to the defenders, I don't think you have to go big, or if you go big, I, I don't think you have to look at at that same template right there. I love Barial. I absolutely love Barial and what he brings to the team. With especially since he's been moving into some of the set pieces that may bump him into why you would want him over others based on what I'm getting ready to say. Barrell's 9.2. He has 35 points and he's generated six, five, six of those points from bonus points. Uh, Matt Miazga is 8.1, has 36 points and has generated nine of those points from bonus points. He's getting more bonus points. He has more overall points and he's less expensive. I love everything that Barrell is doing, but his assists are not connecting into goals at this time. He's on set plays. He does. I, I get it. That could justify the extra 1.1 million that you would spend on him. But potentially you could look at some other options. I mean, even Mascara, who I was not a huge fan of after the first game, 8 million, 35 points, eight coming from bonuses. So more on I only right ignore there. him because of you. So <laughs> I I mean, I still he's 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 fine. He's gotten a little bit better over these these first time, but he's he I has the like same he, amount of points produced as as Barrio. He is. If you're just looking at it from that straight fantasy point of view, I'm not sure if the 9.2 of what you're going to pay for Barrial is going to justify based on the scores that he's putting up. I mean, yeah. seven points. I think we had 11 points in the first with the first assist at the round one. It, is that what you want for? That's more than Acosta. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, more than Lowen when you're looking at some of those sorts of production that, that people have. So uh, I, I think that some of those defender price tags get, get kind of pricey up there. Um, some other names are going to throw out, especially if you do like, like new England, you can look at Kessler. He's been doing fantastic with, with a bonus point production, 8.5 uh, Rodriguez over in, in San Jose, 8 million right there could save some points. Also been a great bonus point producer himself. So I, I think you do have, some options of where you would want to go if you're looking at some of these uh, players and you don't have to spend the nine millions on, on some of these, these players. So uh, great suggestions, great options right there. And you can see a lot of players when um, we had a question about lower priced defenders. Does anybody have, if, if Wiley is not on the table, do you all have any quick go-to defenders at a lower price that you'd want to shout out? No. This week, not really. Last week was tricky, right? Because there are a lot of people that played that might not play this week. I think that's a that's a that's a tough one. Like there's was a couple Portland defenders that that got picked up because they were cheap. Um, But I mean, do you want them on the road at Dallas? I don't know. 
Yeah, it was. It's really tough for me right now because I'm looking for bonus points and I'm looking for consistency. And that's why I like both Gressel and Barrial. They're aggressive against good or in good matchups. Like I like these attacking matchups for them. So I think it's a potential to get those offensive bonus points. Center backs tend to rise steadily through the season when they're picking up bonus points. So they don't stay cheap. The bonus point producers are all hovering around that 7.589 million mark. A couple of your guys have spiked really high, really fast, but I struggled to just find defenders in general that I trust to get bonus points and not be super overpriced at the moment. Maybe you have to go back to LAFC, but that's again, that's a road game. I know it's Colorado, but that's altitude. Any number of things can happen. Like I feel like I'm looking at road players now if I want to find some better value that I trust in those games. Chris, it's not it's not chat. He said Quentin for Columbus is five point six. Um no, I'm just trying to kill time while he types because I asked where these yeah. players are from. Well, no, I mean there's there are some other options too as well. Like yeah. like some of the Toronto options, hedges is seven million if you're looking at something there. If you want to look at other Cincinnati options, you've you've got Hagland, you've got Gaddis who come in at at lower points. A lot of the guys for for St. Louis are going to be lower points if you're banking on again, like Blaine was saying, that can turns into more clean sheet hunting than you're looking at right. You right have Chicago Toronto, I just Looked it up. This guy, uh, six million defender Sigurd uh, Rosted. Yeah. His last two games, aside from the clean sheets, he has gotten two bonus points in each of those games. So I mean, it's not a lot, but in a week where you might be struggling to find just that one, you know, below seven million defender, that's something that at least like I would take into uh, effect. Where it's like, I'm not expecting you to go out there and get me a goal and four (laughs) bonus points, but even Can two bonus points in a full oh, 90, yeah. that's four points right yeah, there. We're, we're talking about bench plays, you know, so yeah. it's not, we're not asking for the world from any of these guys. Here, I'll give you. Tehran for Chicago is 6.3. They're at home against a pretty struggling DC United. Um, I think you could, you could look there. Um, yeah, I'll, Gene, I'll Gene said Mbazo is six, but I agree with, with Blaine that that's not the most consistent defense, especially if Andre Blake's not back, but still, it's going to start, you know. A team. A team I've been kind of hyping up a little bit, and we've talked about it at goalkeeper. Um, look at Vancouver. Uh, Laborda's picked up some bonus points, uh, played fairly well in Champions League. Uh, Brown has got a goal on the season. Uh, Laborda's 4.6. Brown's 5.3. Vessel but they're Vancouver, Blaine. It's 5.4. But this but is Montreal Vancouver. coming. This is Montreal coming cross country. Yeah, but Canada versus Canada is a is a shit show. Go back and look at some of them. Canada versus Canada is a, is a shit show. We're, but we're we talked to, a couple of us talked about him uh, Vancouver for the goalkeeper shout, especially in the Aroos. Just He's, because of the timing, not because, because of the, the shutout. But still, we like that's a matchup I like. Montreal is a team that has three goals on the season and got them all against Philly in the last game. They don't have a shutout. In five games, they don't have a shutout no, at home. But Montreal is that bad. And if you're talking cheap, we're talking 5.4 and under. Sure. Like, that's cheap for a lot of upside playing Montreal. I'm not saying it's a sure thing. I think uh, it's yeah, but more they, they fun got... to find cheap in some of these middies 
and like how fun was it to find bossy and kurt do you know what i mean like it, yeah. it, i think it's more fun to find sheep in midfield and and striker than it is in defense because you're you kind of have to bank on a clean sheet for some of these cheap guys right um so what I say, well, we'll end this one because we need to move on to the other section. So what I give you as the advice, if you're struggling with some of your budget, is see if you can field a couple of defenders in the eight million range. Just give solid players that wouldn't that are that are, should be for a lot of the great producers are right now, and then find a couple other players maybe in this six to seven range and have them be on your bench with a scrub Austin player as your third defender, and you'll get the best of, of those two. So that would probably be your best your best bet for trying to shave a little bit of money at at defense but still not not cripple yourself too too much um but great best defender discussion of the season so far let's move on now to midfielders uh consensus picks we're looking at almada and espinoza thank you blaine for finally jumping on the espinoza bandwagon uh, <laughs> who else? Off of it, then. blaine uh, what, are you, what are you looking at yeah, I mean, those two guys have been two of the most consistent performers for the season, so they're going to be in my lineup more weeks than not right now. Uh, looking past that, I've got to stick with home guys. That's just me. With the way this mid this season has gone for midfielders, it's been hard to pick guys on the road. Uh, so just looking at home matchups, I like Acosta versus Miami. I know he hasn't done what we'd hoped. His average is a little low for his price. But I think this is a game where he can really go off. I just, I like it. I'm looking a little deeper and low end for St. Louis. Again, I don't trust Minnesota's defense. They've been okay. But when I look at who's got road games, which midfielders are producing consistent points and whatnot, I think that's one of the better matchups for a home team to have with the guy I can trust to get bonus points. So I'm looking at that. I don't, I'm not sold on everything this week. It's been tough picking midfielders for me all season. It's just been really bad. The other guy I threw in there and I've got a second name to add here. Cause I'm toying with two of them and I didn't see anybody else talk about him. So I'm not stealing thunder here. The first guy I looked at for my fifth midfielder was Osorio for Toronto. He's played well. He's gotten bonus points. He's been involved. Charlotte's not a great team. I think you're match hunting here. You've got a good matchup. It's a great spot to throw him in there. But one guy on the road that has made this place a Sorio for me is uh, Tillman and LAFC. I mean, going to Colorado, we haven't talked about him much at all this season, but he is quietly having a really good season as a new addition out there trying to get his price in his stats. He's got 29 points in four matches for a 7.25 average. He's 8.2. He got a 12 last week. He seems to be rounding out into form. Uh, we've liked Sifu a lot lately, but if Tillman's really? going to... A lot lately we like well, Sifu? He's the only guy that's doing anything for them. And I don't think... Look back at our notes. I don't think a single one of us three said his name last, last season. La and I'm going into last year some. Too. Okay. He's okay. kind of been the... He's the midfielder you pick if you're taking an LAFC midfielder. Yeah. I think Tillman could replace him at that spot. They're comparable price. But Tillman's Tillman's playing well. If we go into a team that you've got a lot of good attackers, you've got a lot of potential for assists right here, Tillman seems to be finding that form with this team with a lot of attackers. 
if you tell me I can have a sub 10 million midfielder who is feeding a Vela, a Bwanga, whoever they throw out on the other side, a Poku right now, like if you tell me I well, can it's not, have... he's not feeding them. He doesn't have an assist all season. He's doing his own shtick in yeah. the midfield. Yeah. But if you tell me I can have an attacking mid with that lineup in front of him, I'm going to take him at sub 10. So I think Tillman, especially against Colorado, who has not been playing well, is missing some key guys. I guess we we might have forgotten to mention it. Price, I think, is out for the season for Colorado now, which doesn't change their complexion much this season because he's hardly played anyway. But this is a team that is struggling, and if Tillman's here doing what he's doing right now, I think he's a name that's got to be on our list, and we haven't given him the credit he deserves so far this season. And after coming off a 12, I had to say it since nobody else picked him. He's on my radar for sure, and he may displace Osorio. Honestly, he may displace Lucho at this point. I think that's okay. (laughs) Uh, Sorry, Ari. Yeah, so aside from Almada and Espinosa, which... Again, I think at this point, those two are uh, have earned their right as always play chalk picks. Um, I went back, back to Gazdag. Um, he's been solid. Um, the other two I have that are kind of, I wouldn't say a stretch, but a little not, not as chalky are Hector Herrera. Um, looking at him, I believe he is, yes, yeah, so he's at, at San Jose. So it is a later game. Um, at the very least, you put him in your lineup. If your bench all hits, you take him out. What do you do? That means you, you did well, your bench hit. But he's put up on the road, he's put up an 11 and an 8, and then at home, an 11 and a 7. So his points, I mean, his lowest point is a 7, which we talk about from midfielder. Like, for the most part, 6 and up, you keep. And he's, again, seven's the lowest. But being able to get an 11 on the road against a certain team, uh, in blue and orange that somebody here likes. And uh, an eight against New England. That's enough for me to start him. The other is going to be Mark Anthony K. Now, I did want to double check on that um, just to make sure he's playing. But again, that's another nice thing about the Discord is you can always ask people and get that answer right away. But uh, he's not at, you know, he's not a 10 million uh, type of player playing against Charlotte. And he has a couple games out of the four he's played. Um, where he's got a couple nines in there, which to me that is uh, worthy of an opportunity to start. Again, the nice part about it being Monday, though, is that can change. But as far as making an initial roster to start with, an initial foundation, um, he is a good player that I would like to have in my team. Two goals in four games is 50% chance I'll take my risk on that for a player that is $8.5 million. Reed, how about you? But, um... <laughs> I didn't realize he left. That was fantastic. I'm just going to go. Especially because if Reed went, you would cut me, Ari. Um, oh, wow, I did. That's Awkward. okay. Sorry. That's okay. I'm still here. Uh, mm-hmm. I like everybody you guys said. I don't I don't feel like I have anything exceptionally different to, to contribute here. Um, I'm really high on, on Loan. I wrote that Stroud... Uh, pick pretty hard at the beginning of the season for for price rise and I was very proud at how that paid off um I don't need him anymore <laughs> uh so I've I've definitely upgraded the past few rounds to to Lowen. um I like him a lot uh I, you know I, again I'm not in any way trying to trying to come at you 
you know, mini fans here. I'm a big fan of the Minnesota fans. Um, but I, I like St. Louis this week. Um, they've just been consistent and it's another home game. And there's a lot of things about St. Louis. If you've watched them, they've gotten lucky, right? Like, I don't think a team has ever gotten so many goals from other team assists, you know, so far, but, uh, those two, he and Klaus both is who I mean, still look good. Um, and so I like him, I'm picking him up this week. Um, and then, you know, I'm definitely paying attention to Almada, um, I think he can create something out of nothing, but I also think that he has a, one more game, right? He has one more game with Argentina, I think, um, and then comes back. And so their game is early-ish on Saturday, so I'm interested to see if that plays anything to do with it. Um, but, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely going to pay attention to him. I think that no one's really – I mean, Zella um, is a name that I think is is worth throwing out there. Um, he wasn't first on my list, but it is a home game and RSL's defense is questionable. Um, and, and so I, I think that, uh, tomorrow night, Scott says is, is the Argentina game. So best case scenario, um, Almada would be coming home on Wednesday. So, I mean, I, I, it depends on how much he plays, uh, and he's having a good stint with them. He scored his first goal that, you know, so, um, I'm hoping Almada will start because if he starts, he starts for me. But um, Zella is someone I think we need to give a give a look to. Um, Especially and, if Ramirez is going to be this good. Well, so here's the thing, Blaine. He had one good game, so I'm not ever going to pick up a ten who's had a who didn't play with a striker who scored without that ten. So I I, I don't think Ramirez is this good. This is his second stint in MLS, and he yeah. never really. I mean, I guess no, you know, no. are you probably know Christian Ramirez better than any of us? But, but I mean, he's not a bad striker. But yeah. the, you know, he but, wasn't he wasn't not starting for any other reason than he wasn't better than Cucho. Okay. He, I guess, so I guess my point is. Zella is a free kick guy that we like in certain matchups. Zella with the premier 10, he was this way with Zardes, with Kucha playing like he is, his assist numbers go up. Yeah, but I don't think Christian Ramirez is comparable to that. I think Christian Ramirez is like two tiers down from Kucha. This is a hungry Christian Ramirez who can replicate what he did. And I'm not saying he can. I'm just saying if you believe in what Ramirez just did, I think that ups Zella's stock right now with Kucha out. Sure. And, and all I'm playing with the scrub. You're playing with the guy who's yeah. proven MLS goal scorer. He's and not a proven MLS goal scorer. He's a he's a B to C level MLS see, goal he, scorer. He is the type of striker. He is a standard striker where he doesn't do anything fancy. If you can feed him a good ball through the middle, he is going to score. He's got a boot. Sure. And, and when we had Darwin Quintero on Minnesota, when he had Quintero dishing him the ball, mm-hmm. he was scoring. Uh, when he didn't have Quintero in there, yes. Yeah. He's not I yeah. can't say because I love Ramirez a lot, but like he's not I like him too. Yeah, my yeah. only he point needs, was Christian Ramirez isn't making me pick up Zella, if that's Correct. is my only point. I, I, Christian I, I, Ramirez I, has one game. I, Zella being Zella and coming back yes. is what makes me but, interested in Zella this week. Not Christian Ramirez has nothing to do with it. Okay. But here here's this because you know I'm I'm just the biggest Zardes fan ever. I know this. Zardes, I've heard. Zardes never heard. on Zella's service. Ramirez is that same type of guy. And Ari will tell you from the Minnesota days. You yeah. give him good service, he puts balls on frame. That's yes. key passes. That's assists. That turns into big points for the guy that's feeding him. 
if Ramirez is going to be that guy, even if he's a BC tier striker in MLS, if he is taking good passes and putting them on frame, that is a massive boost to a 10 when a key pass is one point. You don't need a couple of crosses. You don't need a couple of good of good passing. A key pass is a bonus point. If that's all it takes, I think Ramirez, with Cucho out, Ramirez doesn't diminish Zella's value. If he's, I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. You're saying a bunch of things. I'm not saying. I'm saying I like Zella, and Christian Ramirez has nothing to do with it. And I I think think calling out Christian Ramirez. I don't. I did. I mean, I think Christian Ramirez makes it so there's an actual striker playing for Cucho, and not some kid just filling in. But I don't think Christian Ramirez boosts Zella. Zella's already Zella. I think Cucho boosts Zella. Yeah. I don't think that Christian. I think Christian Ramirez is. It's for me. It's kind of like Rui Diaz is out, so Abair's in. I Abair is not Rui Diaz statistically or how they play at all. But he's a great replacement because he's hurt. That's how I feel about Christian Ramirez. I think Christian Ramirez scored two goals, one of which I think Ari could have scored. Not an attack on Ari. I just think that Ari could have done it. I mean, I I'm just saying what you're what you're saying is different from what I'm saying. I'm saying I like Zella. I don't think you need to throw Christian Ramirez into it. If he has a hat trick this week, Blaine, great. You're right. He's an elite MLS striker. But that's not my point. My point (laughs) is just Zella is still Zella. I think that he can do Ranch, what he what he needs to do Ranch on his own. Through. Ranch just came through. Ramirez has 77 goals in 109 games in MLS. That's okay. really But good. that has nothing to do with Zella. That's not what I'm saying. I'm it saying is. that I like Zella and Christian Ramirez has nothing to but, do with it. And I think like we need Zella. to move on. You we like can't. Zella. You were gone, Dad. We talking we about Dad. track. No. <laughs> Are we still? We do need to move on. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and move on to strikers so Blaine can have a 40 minute dialogue about Christian Ramirez and Tyler can give him all these bolstered stats to back it. It'll be strikers, Ari. The one thing I will say, since we're wrapping up midfielders now, I see is. Oh, good. He read it wrong. What's the. Sorry. Ojeda's cheap. That's. that's, uh, But but Nashville can be tough. Uh, If Zella's back, (laughs) then then I do like Zella. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I do like Zella if he's back. If he's not, then you can still check out Matan, who was in there and did did pretty well last week, I think. Um, And Portland is struggling. So maybe Velasco over there with Dallas. So. 37 goals, Blaine, Don't know in 109 games. Had that. So let's let's talk about forwards for real this time. Let and Ari talk first. There are no consensus <laughs> picks for forwards. So Ari, who do you like? Oh, we don't. All righty. So I have Klaus on my team, and that is yeah. because oh, um, aside hard from – as Yes, aside from this last week um, – which is one of those where it's like, you know, everyone tinkers with their team 80 million times. I just told myself, you are not touching Klaus, leave him in. And he gifted me with 17 points. So regardless, I have to at least put him on my bench as one of those auto rue options and prove that he's worth one of the one or two auto rues that goes in for highest points. Um, but with that said, and it kind of goes back to the midfield picks with Lowen as well. Um, Minnesota is 2-0 and on the road. Uh, they're not giving up goals. In fact, they have given up these second fewest goals. Um, now, granted, they did have one last game because they were the week two bye. But they've only given up three total goals, one goal each week, and then obviously one where they didn't give up any at all. 
But St. Louis, on the other hand, obviously is St. Louis, and they are riding high and kind of kicking ass at home. So we're just going to – I've just basically put in my notes that that is going to be a very juicy matchup because it could go either way. And so I'm like, as a Minnesota fan, I'm sure, you know, Christian can kind of back me on this. Beginning of the season, even Minnesota fans were talking about, like, we're not going to be very solid. But through our four weeks that we played, we've found, or now five weeks, like, we found a yeah. way every single time to, like, at most give up one goal. And we haven't had a loss on our record. So it's like, again, it's kind of riding that, like, hand where it, I don't know what's working, but it's working. So, like, it's hard to bet against them. That's why I did not put Lowen in. But I did have to put, uh, yeah, Klaus. I do have him. I did put him on my bench, though. I'll make him earn it again a second time, just, again, as an auto room. I have Bossy in there, but, again, that is uh, injury-dependent. If he's not injured, he is a very good cheap option, and he's obviously scored in his previous two games. And then right now I do have uh, Mr. Vasquez in. Is it, is it Brandon? Yes, it is Brandon. Oh. Is it Brian? <laughs> Uh, Brandon Vasquez for Cincinnati. Um, but that pick is most likely going to get tinkered with, but he's in the initial <laughs> roster because, again, you got to start somewhere and just get a lineup in there that at least fits your budget and then go from there. Um, I didn't like strikers as much this week in the sense of there wasn't any super chalky picks. Um, there's some good ones, but there's a lot of also different picks, so. I have Vasquez currently, but again, that is not anything set in stone. That is just a pick right now. Ashley. Ashley. Obviously, I have Christian Ramirez. I I have Klaus. (laughs) I don't have him at all. I never even considered him. Um, I like Klaus this week a lot. Um, I think he was probably one of the first people I put on my team. Um, I like Jesus Ferreira. Um, I think that that Dallas against Portland game is, is getting a, a little overlooked. Um, and then I know this, this is very Homer of me, but I'm doing it because it, the money will be good. Um, I'm picking Jordan Morris at galaxy. He statistically plays well there. I didn't really like how they looked at Portland. Um, they haven't quite gotten it together just yet. Um, I, I do not in any way expect four goals from him at all. Um, and so I am definitely, you know, he's 9.6, um, but he's averaging 10.4. Yes. A lot of that is his game last week, but, um, he's probably going to be a bench play for me. Um, but like I said, it's a little bit of a homer pick because I know how Chris, how, uh, Jordan tends to play, uh, away at galaxy. So, um, that's someone that is probably my team. And then, I was throwing out a completely different Columbus striker, if you will, um, for price rise. And that's Russell Rowe. Um, He had a goal and an assist last week as a 4.0 striker. Um, I'm not sure how their absences will impact if he does or doesn't start, but I always think it's good to highlight some of these crazy cheap players. Um, We see a lot of the, the, you know, cheapness come from a defender or a striker, right? Um, people, Bossy, I think is a good example, Ari. And then um, people were really high on Kerr for a couple of weeks. And who was that uh, Orlando striker for the first two weeks? Gonzalez, I think it was his name. Um, 
I just looking through stuff, getting ready for today, seeing him with a goal and assist um, this last round, I just felt like he should be shouted out if, if he's someone that, that starts, um, you know, would be a good price riser or a bench play. I like too many strikers, I think, to do that myself this week. Um, and I have, as I've probably said too often now, it sounds braggy, I have the money to have a third striker. Um, but I think that that's a good a good look at someone who, like I said, was not really on my radar. Um, he was owned by almost 3% of people last week, which is kind of crazy, but... Um, definitely a, a cheap striker option um for price rise if he's if he starts again fine yeah um i'm gonna go against the grain and we don't have a consensus pick because i didn't pick klaus this week maybe that's just my homer bias and i refuse to root for anything st louis like Probably. i detest everything st louis i'm a missouri kid I'm a Kansas City kid. Like, Kansas City, St. Louis do not mix at all. I can't do it, but I was running some numbers really quick, and St. Louis has played against teams that have given up a combined 32 goals on the season. That's a lot. Even if you take out what St. Louis has scored on them, we're still talking teams that have given up a lot of goals. Now, Minnesota, on the other hand, is a team that has struggled to keep a clean sheet, but they have given up, what, four goals on the season so far? But against their opponents, their opponents have given up a combined 18 goals so far. Or it's, No, their opponents have scored a combined 18 goals. I got that backwards. Yeah. Their opponents are scoring goals at a pretty regular clip, and Minnesota has only given up four of those. Three of them, actually. Three of them, and one was yeah. an goal, right? Correct. Yeah, so... Minnesota is a solid defense, so I, I'm not going to pick Klaus in this one. I think St. Louis could, will probably win the game, but I don't think this is one of those where you're going to see St. Louis. Someone's got to score a goal for them to win the game, Quinn. I know. <laughs> I know. But I don't, I don't think this is one of those multi-goal games for St. Louis where you're going to see a three or a four on their score line. They only got two no. against Portland. Portland's a bad defense. I'm going to just say it out loud. They got two on Portland on the road. I don't know. I think Minnesota is going to be their strongest defensive test so far this season. I can't bet on Klaus at this point. Plus, I'm spending my money on defense because I like the guys that I have there. I like the attacking options and the bonus points. I'm looking, and I can't believe he hasn't been said yet, I'm looking at Ferreira against Portland. Dallas has been scoring I, goals. I said it. I said Jesus for her. Okay. It's my second. It's my you second didn't have game. him on your list, did you? It says, it says Jesus. Oh. Okay. That's why I like. He and I are on the same basis. He thought you were talking about like the actual Jesus. The actual like, Jesus. Yeah, the one that everyone prays to on Sundays. Yeah. That, that to me is the <laughs> sure thing. I don't trust yeah, Portland like at all. Uh, Ferrer is there. And then I'm looking at Cordova or White, whoever starts. I don't trust Montreal at all. I like Vancouver well enough. I think when you've got Gressel there, you've got a forward that's going to score goals or have that potential to get some bonus points. I like those guys, but they're an easy late-game scrub for a bench that hits. Um, I just I don't trust most of the forwards right now. And with oh, – I'm now Tyler's telling me Cordova's out six to eight weeks. But he didn't have that on the injury report that he sent me. Oh, don't starting. claim Tyler. Don't claim Tyler. 
So I won't believe that. But I had Cordova White. Like if White's starting, White's been a proven goal scorer in MLS. He's not the greatest name in there, but you give him a good matchup and everything. So White's an easy pick, especially at that cheaper price point. I think you'd you'd be you'd be doing yourself a disservice if you overlooked White this early in the season. I know it's the last game, but he's an easy scrub out against Montreal, who's giving up goals. I don't trust Montreal at all right now. I just I think you've got some easy options there, and it's an easy way to just scrub out of somebody. Are you? Having- White has a two one three three two. Two one three three two now. Yeah, he scored in CCL for him, I think. And I believe you, but I don't have that. But again, it's they're facing Montreal. Montreal has been an absolute dumpster fire to start this season. Other than the one game where they scored against Philly and still gave up two goals. Yeah, are you telling me you don't have Christian Ramirez after this whole dialogue? No, I don't have Christian Ramirez. You know, I think just based on this dialogue, Christian Ramirez is going to go in my team this week, and one who's going to be happy and one who's going to be disappointed, or both are disappointed. The... I don't Do know. I have Christian Ramirez. Okay, I think great. That's true. I think I have. Okay. To, yeah. Okay. okay. All right. Reed, who At least else Reed is the smart one of us all. <laughs> so, I so I said Ramirez, especially with with Cucho continuing to be out, and uh, I, with that that form that he's found coming right back in there. I think that's uh, something he's going to want to ride on with uh, RSL, which is not 100% solid there. So I think that's that's a good option there, especially if Zella comes back. I think that increases his his stock. Um, it's, it's somebody else that RSL has to keep track of instead of being able to just focus on the, the hot hand. But yeah, I think I think Ramirez is is a very viable forward option uh, for this round, and uh, also one that helps you with your value as well at seven million. Otherwise, I think you guys covered a lot of the players. I think that people are going to be be looking at. I didn't. I didn't hear you mention. I would have thought you would have said Bowanga actually after him coming on there and scoring the goal, as we mentioned at the top of the show. I mean, I so he's expensive-ish. It is a road game. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely thought about it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely thought about it. I actually verbalized it to Spencer today. I was like, I don't know. Do you think you have to have Bowanga in the on the road against Colorado? Um, I don't know. I if he's in your team, I think that that's fine. I didn't have him in this draft. I think, you know, Jordan Morris is also a road player and he's only 0.1 cheaper. Um, but like I said, that's kind of a homer pick for me, and it, it it's one that I like for a couple of other reasons. If Belonga starts, um, and like we've said, Colorado's kind of banged up defensively, midfielder wise, all the things. Um. I, I don't think it's a it's a bad pick, but going on the road to Colorado can go a couple different ways for teams, right? So yeah, it always does make up. me nervous. I think Colorado's a team to root against, um, but I don't know if they're a team to bet against, if that makes sense. Um, a team to root against, but a team to root against at home, question mark? Yeah, right. They still, have that, sure. they still have that altitude. It's not Colorado at home that's the problem. It's a pu- Away teams at altitude that's the pro- real problem there. Sure. Going to I mean, that seems like potato, potato right now, what we're talking about. I mean, it, that is altitude. Colorado yeah. at home is altitude. So yeah. that's yeah, what, that's what we mean. Colorado, it's because that's what we can adjust. Colorado at home. So, all right. Well, I don't see many other options to add uh, there. So uh, we're going to hit up very quickly our uh, 
captain recommendations. It looks like we're uh, Ashley. You didn't put yours in, but are we all in agreement this Almada. week? Almada. Anybody? Yeah. Any convincing arguments against Almada? Chap. He might yeah, not start, so we did talk about that. We sure. did talk about that. We we're not. He does have a game, so who Lock if he's not starting? If he's not starting, who would you would you go to? You guys. I'm. Right now, I'm torn between Espinosa and Lowen, who are in my roster. Lowen's just played so well lately, but I think I go with the bonus points in Espinosa. I put in Hector Herrera, and it's strictly because, again, those differential picks. Hopefully, this could be the week that he, San Jose versus Houston, winds being a 4 3 game, and he nets both like two of those goals. Again, I think in a league where 90% or 95% of us will take Almada. If you need a quick change and you're like, you know what, it's really enough in the season um, where I can make kind of a risky move. I'm already out of like, I'm 895th in terms of making champions league. So I would have to score the most incredible week in the history of fantasy MLS to even make it. I might just like make a random pick on like Herrera where it's, you know, maybe only 20% of the entire FMLS community might have him and gain yeah. that little bit of extra overall ranking. You know, yeah. I, I hadn't thought about this, but if Almada doesn't go, I'll probably switch him straight over to Zella. And Zella captain versus RSL isn't a bad shout. Oh, that's that's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have Zella in my lineup right now. I don't think I'm going to take him this week just because I'm not sure. But if Almada doesn't go, it's an easy swap to Zella. And Zella, if I'm in my roster, is a definite captain option this week. Yeah. I, I uh, would look at SB probably. Um, he's He's been a little a little weird with his bonus point production. Um, and he's had some absolute screamers that haven't gone in. Um, but I think Espinosa would probably be who, who I would go to. Um, or... I mean, I guess possibly loan, but I, I don't know. I, I captain can live on the edge. Live yeah, on the edge and uh, captain Superman. Not sure if if he makes it in my team. Yeah, some other sure. options coming from chat. Uh, Jesus is one that's been mentioned. Klaus was sure. mentioned there. Uh, another one for Espinoza. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, please do if you have not in the past participate in the Discord player poll. Uh, we do post those on the. Uh, on MLSFancyBoss.com, share it out over social. And so that's a great way for you to kind of provide your feedback, especially in the captain section. So be on the look for that at the MLS Fancy Boss Discord. Well, thank you everyone for joining us tonight. Uh, and I apologize, I've had to step away really quickly to help deal with Baby Roo, but he is feeling better with hope, though he said his tummy was feeling sad right now. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, but <laughs> let's wrap everything up tonight with our plugs. Ari. Um, again, the Discord community, but not just for the reason that they're amazing with um, if you need to find, you know, differentials, but more so every once in a while, and this happened a couple weeks ago, someone posted, in fact, it might have been me, I don't even recall, but there was an image of ranch-flavored ice cream, and it just turned into a giant conversation about, like, Canadian food versus American and the weird stuff we eat and whatever, and I know, just kind of fun on like a random day when you just, you know, you work, we do all that. It's nice to have just a group of people you can shoot the breeze with over the most nonchalant stuff and just have a good time with them. Half of them you've never even met in real life. So it's kind of unique, but fun for sure. 
So yeah, that community for sure. Ashley. Got nothing this week. Nothing. Blank. Wine. Wine. Yeah, I just I'll plug the Discord in the community. I know these guys have always got my back. Um As I've, had a very, I've had a very rough personal week and I haven't shared with a whole lot. I've talked to a few of my buddies and I'm going to talk to Ari about it a little bit after this because it concerns him a little bit too. But I just had a very rough personal week with some family issues and I always know I can turn to my Discord friends for some support and coverage on this with some of these random things that come up. So if you're not part of our community, I encourage you to go join us. I've got friends that I know if I ever go to town, I can call them up or message them on Discord more likely and just we can meet up for a beer or whatever. This has been a really big community. We talked about it through the COVID era. They kept us sane. We we made some real friendships online that kept us going through the tough times and even now that we're getting out of COVID and we can get back to a more normal, we've got some real friends, friendships built from Discord. And if you're not part of that community, please go get part of that community because there's too many good people that you should get, you should meet and just get to know a little bit because I've got real friends that I've met online that I've never met in person that I know if I'm in town, I can go out and get a beer with them in a heartbeat. Uh, well, of course, for me, you can check out MLSFantasyBoss.com with the articles that we have there. The Discord community, as has been well mentioned, uh, be sure to uh, catch us next month. Uh, we're going to be having a, a new slate of guests coming on. We have a bunch of had a bunch of our patrons this past month, which is one of the perks of, of the Patreon supporters, but we're going to branch out there. If you have suggestions for guests, let us know. I'm going to reach out to some of our fellow podcasters and fantasy players, so be on the lookout so, to your, your DMs and everything, but... Appreciate everyone so much for joining us each week. And uh, with hope this will be better for everyone than some of us had this week now that everyone is back. But regardless, as always, good luck. Mm -hmm.